This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey, this is Benjamin Boyce. And this is a, a very complex uh, introduction because today I had a discussion with Lior Lesser of YouTuberLaw.com. That's his YouTube channel. He's also a tech lawyer. About a month ago, Patreon banned Sargon of Akkad, a.k.a. Carl Benjamin, from their services without any notification. Carl Benjamin told his supporters that he had set up an alternative means of support through Subscribestar. I also set up a Subscribestar account because I saw my... Patreon uh, supportage go way down very quickly. And then I saw a lot of people migrating from Patreon onto Subscribestar. Within a few days of Subscribestar receiving a whole bunch of free press, PayPal and then Stripe decided to cut Subscribestar off. Now, in the wake of all this happening, Lior Lesser came out publicly and declared that he was going to be filing a antitrust complaint with the FTC about PayPal's treatment of Subscribestar. In declaring that he was going to be filing a antitrust complaint, he received a ton of support and has found himself in the middle of an emergent, crowdsourced interest group that is composed of a number of talented people who are very concerned about the way in which these digital platforms are treating users. This is a very important topic of discussion because we're all very much impacted by the way that these companies are treating us and the way in which law is operating under the surface that dictates how they can treat us the way that they do. If you're interested in finding out more about this case and what Lior Lesser is doing in this realm, you can go to his YouTube channel, which is linked in the description, or you can find more information on youtuberlaw.com. Here's Lior. From one YouTuber to another. I admire yes. your work. Oh, thank you. Thank you. You've How long have you been doing this? Uh, me, I started in uh, midway through 2017 um, when my college uh, had a major uh, moral panic. Uh, Evergreen State College. Uh, oh, that Weinstein. was your college? Sure. Yeah. I was there when it happened, so I started reporting on that. And oh, as a student, you were there. Yeah, I was a student, um, late, late, late life student. Um, yeah, yeah. So interesting place to be at that right <laughs> moment in history. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. It was it was a it was a very particular moment in history, and then that launched me into this whole YouTube thing that I had no idea existed, and uh, just meeting tons of people um, from all walks of life. And what do you think? Do you like it? I, I love it. I think that there's a lot of work to be done. I think that it's still a nascent community. I think that there's still uh, paths for it to grow that haven't been completely capped out. So I'm trying to test the waters and push the boundaries on, on what this can accomplish. What, this. What do you think of yourself? Do you think of yourself more like a journalist, a commentator? Where where do you stand on that? Well, um, I, I try to perform my uh, in the role of journalist when it comes to, specifically to Evergreen State College, um, trying to just map out as clearly as possible all the things that happened there mm -hmm. and, and what led to it and what happened afterwards. And then I branched off into um, 
just the commentating thing, the commenting thing where I, I take a op-ed or I take a story and I break it down. Right. Um, but right now I'm experimenting with interviews and, and trying to talk to people who I disagree with, who I don't agree That's... with and, and try to model good dialogue um, in the long form. You know, you don't see that. You don't see you don't see that. Look, I mean, my little biased opinion is that many try to be go the journalist route, but hmm. there's a lot more views commenting, giving your opinion. So the idea of speaking with somebody, especially when you don't agree with them, that's like a middle way of trying to present both ways without having yourself present something that you don't necessarily agree with. Yeah. So that's an interesting one. Plus it's mixed for a much more interesting engagement. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, um, there's it's there's an audience consuming. for it, but I don't think that it's time consuming and yeah. I don't think people are used to it. So I think that there's a, a novel thing to it. And I think that there's, uh, mm -hmm. there's some uh, stretching that has to happen with the community. I, I think this, that. I agree with you. I mean, I think there's a lot of things that are out there, but, to get the benefit, you've got to do it for a long time. You know, mm -hmm. for instance, live stream on YouTube when it comes to not my gaming live stream, but actually conversation is mm -hmm. something that if you want to build it to have a substantial audience, you've got to put a lot of time <laughs> into it mm -hmm. because it's not a natural uh, uh, facility with people to talk because normally most live streams are to me relatively boring because it's all about Hmm. You saying whatever you want to say live, which I don't care that one might as well be a recorded video. Hmm. But if you get to a point where there's engagement and you're engaging the audience and you let them be part of it, a lot of times they're not used to it either because sometimes people would read comments but not really engage them. But that just takes a long time. So same thing with with, uh, with, with talking to people and stuff like that. There is, It's been done in the sense that there's collaboration there's stuff like that. They, In my opinion, they're, they're – they're, badly done hmm. and to create quality stuff where people actually think through the topic and everybody respect each other but they're just opposed to it you basically have to teach your audience that that exists huh. and it just takes a long time and your audience that liked you when you were giving your own comments may not be the people that will go along with you yeah. when you're talking about that so sometimes they're, they're there, there, there's just changes and stuff like that over time. Yeah. Some people get upset that you've changed your formats and stuff like that. So, well, aptly enough, that's how that's kind of what got you into this position. Insofar as Sargon of Akkad, Carl Benjamin, sure. was on a live stream with people that he disagreed with, and right. it was the manner in which he disagreed that Patreon used to kick him off, and then that started the whole ball rolling. So, right. So you want to tell, do you want, do you want to give like a, a brief summary of like how you, why you stood up to this and, and what caused, what happened and then what, what your role is in this? Okay. What got, got me involved in here? Well, it's like everything else. It's tiny little things over time because for over a year, everybody's been talking about uh, people getting deplatformed. And so I'm getting lots of questions. If you look on Twitter, there's maybe a handful of attorneys that get basically every legal question that's out there being sent out and usually they tag me on it. And that usually drives some of the videos that, that I do. And the question is always, what can we do? What can we do to fight exactly. against being deplatformed? 
And I can tell you that most people were unhappy with my response because the way the law is, and it's not an opinion, I mean, I don't usually give my opinion about this because I often don't really know much about the individual Gadi platform. Usually these are topics that don't particularly interest me. I'm, I'm a geek. I like video games. I like technology. You give me a video about how a camera works. I can spend an hour looking at it, but other <laughs> stuff don't interest me. So I often don't know the people involved here. So, and, But the law is very clear about it that on the one hand, these companies have rights of free speech. They can terminate you because they don't like you. They don't want to be associated with you. It's a strange thing. I've, I've done so many studies on how it developed, how corporate rights of free speech developed. It's 200 years of history. I can't tell you that I agree with the logic that an artificial entity has the same rights as you and I when it comes to speak speaking. It's not related to ownership or who's the shareholder. It's not related to who's running it. It's not related to the employee. It's right that are attributed to the artificial entity in and of itself. But that's just the reality of our law. So when you go through it, there's two things. First of all, there's it's free speech. They're allowed to ban you legally. So there's yeah. often very little you can do. And when if you're showing that people ask, well, about antitrust collusion and stuff like that, you say, well, you're showing me lots of evidence that things are happening in parallel. You know, there was a shooting in uh, Pittsburgh, right? And right away, Apple removes Gab off of its app store. And right away, you see that uh, PayPal removes their payment facility. And I don't remember who removed. It did not want to host their domain. And whoever yeah. hosted the server did not. So it moved. And said, so, well, is that collusion? Well, legally, it's parallel action. It's called mm -hmm. conscious parallelism. The law sees a lot of companies acting just because you see a competitor do something and you're doing it too doesn't mean that there is collusion. It might be evidence, but often you don't know if there's anything wrong until you got a whistleblower, somebody telling you, some email that exposes everybody. So the law doesn't – well, it's considered evidence does not say it's sufficient to start an investigation or to move forward. Normally those cases get dismissed very quickly uh, under a motion to dismiss. And so – We've gone for like a year where all the videos about this topic were the same because it's always the same question and people mm -hmm. are not happy because, you know, well, what is the solution? So then I started to, OK, let's talk about solutions to it. And there is the one solution that can take care of it all. But most people that respond to that one solution don't like it. People who are liberal don't like it and conservative don't like mm -hmm. it. That means that you have to increase the number of protected classes, right? So we have protected classes based on race, sex, age, national uh, origin, yeah. uh, disability. You would have to say that political speech or political association is a protected class. Mm -hmm. And then you would have to say that you're not allowed to actually discriminate against that protected class online. So you have to make websites the equivalent of what a restaurant or hotel is, which is uh, public accommodation. So you'd have mm. to pass that kind of uh, a law at the federal level to do that. And most people are, are just not that interested in adding more protected classes around that. So it's a solution. But at least most people that commented on what I was saying, saying that, you know, conservative Republican, we don't know if we want to go that route. What are other solutions? So then you get into, well, there's other stuff you can do. And you get into a lot of arguments over, you know, people say, well, get rid of Section 230, which immunizes websites against any liability associated with what their users are putting in it. And that's that's like a red herring. That's not going to get you anywhere. Mm -hmm. So you get into all of that. And then so that's the process of, you know, like a year, maybe a year and a half of conversations. And then. 
same thing happened when Sargon got banned. I have the same kind of video and then a follow-on video saying, okay, these are the five or six solutions that I can offer you. None of them are very attractive. You often have to rely on Congress to do something. And if you put money down on what's the likelihood of Congress actually doing something over the last 20 years, you would have lost a lot of money. Yeah, right. It's I don't know if this is parallel outside of the country, but we have for 20 years, doesn't make a difference who's in power, Republican or Democrats, nothing really gets done. You know, sometime when th there's full control of house to get one or two things done, but not very productive. So counting on Congress to solve your problem is probably not it. So I did that video and got mixed reviews. And then uh, PayPal took down uh, Subscribestar. Yeah. And I said, well, that makes no sense. Who the hell is Subscribestar? I never heard of it. And everybody else that I was talking to, that we have no idea what Subscribestar is. And I find out this is basically a startup. Been in operation for a year. Really didn't promote itself. Just had a few uh, creators on it and a few people supporting mm -hmm. them. Their idea, I guess, was to grow more organically. So they weren't out there. Nobody really heard of them. But they were basically, effectively, uh, an alternative to to uh, Patreon. And once Sargon got banned, there was so much PR placed on them because yeah. they just got free advertisement. We got to go somewhere. Where? Well, there's a place called Subscribestar. It still is already operating, been doing it for a year. Nobody's complaining. So inadvertently, they now were the focus, a lot of free advertisement and PR of something unrelated to them. And mm -hmm. within five days... PayPal yeah. takes away their facility, and a day later, Stripe takes away their facility. So the, the so to me, that makes no sense. Why would you take down a company that has no expressive value? Mainly, right? Some mm. companies, you can say that, well, they are a center for hate or extremism or something. At least you could say that, even whether or not it's true or not is separate. Yeah. But a brand new company with not, not much of anything to them, just a few creators, no real transactions, no complaints. Why are you shutting them down? And then that's what I researched. That's the kind of research led me to what's known as the plus factor. If you got a bunch of parallel actions, but you can show a, uh, this kind of a plus factor, something that would divide a company doing something against its best interest that may indicate collusive behavior. That's some that that's what's called a plus factor in law, and that gets you beyond what in a case would be a motion to dismiss, or in the FTC's yeah. case, uh, maybe to a point where an investigation starts. So, it's really that it's the going after by PayPal, going after Subscribestar that just ignited my interest, and that's where yeah. everything started. Be, and the plus factor is that PayPal would only be making they'd be just keep on making money with Subscribestar. Yeah, if they're losing money out of Patreon because people are upset and they're moving away, then doesn't make any sense to kill where they're moving to because it's the same money. Hmm. PayPal is just making the same money again. Why would you shut down a company because outside people are paying attention to it? People yeah. that you might disagree with saying, I'm going to move there. Let's say you are so opposed to Sargon that you say, look, as PayPal, I don't want to be associated with him maybe that hmm. you would go to them and say, we do not want you to provide that uh, facility to Sargon. You know, then you still have an argument. Uh, is that legal or not? But nonetheless, yeah. you, let's say that that's get pushed on them. That's a separate issue. But what would move you without warning to kill off an entire company, a facility? So 
which makes no sense. So that led me to the concept of what's called group boycott, which it's been done many times by the FTC, which is two companies don't have to be on the same level. In this case, let's say PayPal and Patreon that have substantial they'll be right, they'll be uh, vertical that have substantial market power working to exclude a competitor. Yeah. In this case, it looks I'm not saying it's proof of it. That's the whole point that you have to get past it. It looks like there is an arrangement between PayPal and Patreon to exclude certain people that that PayPal does now want to provide payment facilities to in exchange for some protection against potential co- competitors. Mm-hmm. So that's where the argument started. Yeah. And pay- PayPal, so far as I know, um, has PayPal, um, they have not banned Sargon from receiving income through just direct donations. I, I don't know. Um, I don't and- know what... So you don't know. And um, did they make any statement about why they backed out of uh, Subscribestar? No, not as far as Subscribestar is concerned, at least. You know, uh, there's been almost no real communications with them. And so so you started you've decided to file a antitrust complaint. Right. With the FTC. With the FTC. So, and then as soon as you started doing that, a bunch of people came out of the woodwork to support you financially, but also with legwork, right? Exactly. I, this was basically the week of Christmas. And I was, if you watch the video I did, I'm on a balcony. That was actually Universal Studios in Orlando. And it's really early in the morning. And I've been thinking about it for a few days of, you know, should I do this? Should I uh, actually hmm. do this? And I figured, you know what? I've done lots of uh, reviews of cases dealing in, in uh, video games. If hmm. you want to know a rough crowd, have an opinion against somebody's favorite video game. The things people say in comments, I often, I cannot, I'm, I don't read comments in a lot of those videos. It's just, yeah. it's uh, usually they attribute certain actions to me and what I'm doing to me, to other men. That's usually how the comments go. <laughs> so it's, 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 it's hilarious comments. But uh, so I decided, you know, I've learned enough to, I'm going to post it and I'm, I'm just going to ignore everything. I'm going to go to Universal Studio and I'm just going to turn off uh, Twitter and comments mm. and anything else. So, because I didn't think it will be accepted very well, I thought people would say, "What are you doing? It is a self promotion. Why? Mm. What's the purpose? You know, it's not going to go anywhere." But the result was just the opposite. So when I started looking at it, suddenly emails are coming in too. So I, I didn't really shut off email because no many people done did not communicate by email with me. So I'm getting tons of emails hmm. of just support and just great ideas and how can we help and what can we do and can we be part of it and that just change the entire dynamics because I, I thought of this as this will be a project and I, I had to speak to my wife because it was like you know I have you know five days a week to work and I said you know realistically I'm going to have to probably give up a single day out of the week in order to do this because you know hmm. it's going to it's going to take a chunk out of I have four kids one in college hmm. it's going to it's it's going to be troublesome it could be, pro- could be problematic I have no idea she said you know you've been talking about it forever you feel like it just do it Hmm. Um, my wife sometimes is blind that way. She just, whatever I say, she agrees. She thinks I'm right. Oh, no. I mean, she hasn't <laughs> learned after 20 years that sometimes she has to say no to those things, but she's always supportive. Hmm. So, but the response was so overwhelming that suddenly hmm. the 
from an idea of I'm going to do this once a week and it can take me six months, maybe more to accomplish. Suddenly, there's a lot of people and some amazing people start talking to some of these individuals and the skills they bring and the experience they bring in, what they do in their life and the stuff they've been involved in, amazing people that can contribute so much and make this not only the complaint far better than I could ever done on my own because of the resources and the stuff that they can provide, but provide and basically set up an organization that yes. that can make this much more effective because the FTC is still a political organization. It's it reacts a lot of time to what's happening out there because it's like infinite cases it can take on, yeah. and it's always going to be limited. It's a bunch of lawyers, you know, that work mm -hmm. for the government, but they're not really answerable really to the to Congress or the president. They kind of they have more independence, but they're very powerful. So mm -hmm. they tend take on cases tend to have a certain amount of a PR to it. You know, if something is going to get a lot of attention, they move toward it. You know, they've done some some. Um, Hmm. What do you call it? Uh, investigation of YouTubers and Instagrammers when it came to uh, whether or not we are properly providing information, disclosures on on uh, uh, supporters and uh, not supporters. What do you call it? Uh, advertisers and stuff. Are we getting paid okay, to yeah. provide opinion? Stuff like that. So they've been watching everything, and so hmm. to the, the increase the likelihood of this being taken on by the FTC social media pressure is very important raising yeah. the, the the topic in consciousness because they're watching is very very important uh, maybe mm. bringing in some of the non-for-profit like the electronic frontier foundation and those kind of organizations that are interested in sometimes privacy sometimes free speech sometimes just uh, our rights online digital rights some industry association bringing those on board makes a big difference because the successful mm. complaints a lot of time have you know friends of uh, the court kind of opinion where people yeah. are submitting opinions in support of the complaint or their versions of it. Some are by formal organizations, some are just you know people writing up their opinion. But all that matters because they're the FTC reacts to that as well. Yeah. You know, it's kind of mm. trying to sell them on the idea that this is uh, worthy of their attention. It's going to make a big impact on the market. So hmm. it changed the entire dynamics and now create a situation where. There's a potential to make this a lot better than I thought originally. Yeah. But now it's got a challenge of actually putting together an organization that, that accomplish it. And that's kind of what been a huge focus of mine the past few weeks. Yeah, this emergent crowdsourced law law firm is just yeah. kind of assembling around you. Do you do you see um beyond the antitrust case, is there any possibility that this might move the the way that these companies are treating the user base towards being more lenient or even towards right. establishing an internet bill of rights or something like that is there any possibility of that or is it just this antitrust okay issue? so i i don't believe that the that on their own they'll change the way it is and there's some flaws in in our it's, it's, it's a legal system flaws it has nothing to do with them companies mm. are going to react in a way that maximizes their ability to do whatever they need to do right okay so yeah. just to be transparent the kind of stuff that everybody hates all those terms of service rules i've written hundreds of them and it's they're mm. almost identical i never the one from patreon are, are especially bad in the sense that they are very confusing and you have to they go down level with the read more, read more. They hmm. thought they're making it easy. So that's really a bad version of it. But the kind of terms of service you see on most websites, you know, I've written them now. And it's designed because that's what clients want. They want the ability to do whatever they want to do when they do it. 
You have yeah. no idea how they'll apply it. You know, will you apply to kick out people that disagree with you or it's really more well no our product changes we need technically to terminate everybody because we need a different user base now mm -hmm. so we need that kind of complete right to terminate at any moment so you mm -hmm. build the tools for your clients but never know how they'll use it down the line you know? mm -hmm. so the the problem here is that in order for them to change other things have to change you have to change okay. the the legal uh, ramification of what happens here. And so the antitrust thing is a very small solution, right? So it's designed okay. to prevent collusion that undermines the ability to have alternative uh, platforms for anybody. So if you're getting deplatformed because whatever you're saying is not acceptable for whatever reason it is by the board of directors of that company, at the very least, you should be able to move somewhere else where the free market would dictate that somebody can create a platform hmm. for people who are otherwise disfavored. So you should hmm. Gab should be able to exist. Subscribestar should be able to exist because ultimately uh, that's good for the market, competitiveness in the market. So the antitrust is designed to stop this idea that companies should take down potential competitors who mm. are providing platform for disfavored individual, disfavored speech. So it's a very small solution. The bigger one of how you treat it, that's not going to be resolved here because you have that you have the your biggest hurdle is, is the concept of free speech. We're allowed to to disassociate ourselves from yeah. you because that is expressive of something we believe in or so or expressive of our, of our disagreement with you. Mm. And that's hard to argue, except that there are things you can do because our hmm. 20 years ago i don't know how old you are but 20 years ago you you had people signed what's called contracts that are one-sided but they weren't very common called contracts of adhesion right hmm. so most contract i want to buy your house we're going to negotiate and we can go through line by line and negotiate everything that's normal and the courts are going to support our agreement even if i regret it later on but a contract of adhesion, one that's just placed in front of you, sign it or don't sign it, that's it. You have no chance of actually uh, uh, negotiating. And if you don't like it, go elsewhere. Well, those were not as common. They always existed. But today, in the past 20 years, especially the past 10 years, it's everywhere. You probably, okay. in the past 10 years, signed hundreds of those without thinking twice. I agree. I agree. I accept. You know, Every yeah. single website you've ever gone to, every service, every thing you've ever done online had one of those. And mm. the reality that, that you have all these contracts, but they are still interpreted the way they were when there were very, very few of those, which is you sign mm. it, you're, you abide by it. And there are some legal problems with that involving what used to be called uh, unconscionable provisions that certain provisions should not be she should not be able to force on people without some some remedy so if i if you hmm. want to change how people treat uh, individuals on board you would go to a the state level and you would actually pass contract law which is something that federal law does has no hand in and uh, is will hold that say that in contracts of adhesion like all the ones online where you don't get to negotiate mm -hmm. you're not in a position to ever just terminate somebody at the drop of a hat for any and all reason there has to be a process for it that okay. justifies it now it doesn't solve everything but it means that if 
Patreon wanted to uh, terminate, first of all, they would have to give notice an opportunity to cure, which is normally in a contract. Every contract, I would not sign a a contract where I'm Hmm. investing time and effort and money, and then I can be terminated at the drop of a hat. You'd want, well, let me know what I did wrong. Give me 30 days to cure it. If I fail to cure it, then you terminate. And even then, there is a real appeal process to work through. So it's the Hmm. problem that that we have moved to all these unique contracts that everybody assumed should be able to be terminated at the drop of a hat, while in reality, the states can have a lot of say in it. It Hmm. doesn't take away from the company's right to terminate you, but it builds a process that they have to work with that has to identify it. Let you know exactly what it is, give you an opportunity to, to cure, you know, maybe have some sort of a repeat offender where you constantly are doing it. You don't have to necessarily give them always a chance to cure it for 30 days. But, you know, some reasonable process dealing with these contracts mm. and that will change a lot because it'll be a much more transparent and create a process where people can actually fix. Because you think about big names that people can say, well, the entire body of work I disagree with. But in reality, most people are getting banned because of one thing. They have no chance of actually... They don't know exactly why they got banned. They have no way of appealing. You're just terminated. Go talk to somebody. Yeah. So it seems like there's two ways to remedy that. Like the free market possibly could uh, lead to these organizations or these platforms online that do abide by a a quid pro quo or or some sort of contract law where we're going to very clearly, you have a buffer. We do have laws. We will kick you off if then and this and that. Um, And then the consumer can go and choose. Um, The other solution is that a law takes place, maybe in California or in New York, and then that affects the whole ecosystem where internet companies are not allowed or they, they they have to abide by these rules. Uh, everybody does, uh, basically. It, exactly, because the way it works in our states is that if any state passes that kind of a law, a, a tech company has no way of actually putting a geofence around Tennessee. You know, so they basically mm-hmm. are then have to do the same thing everywhere. So hmm. it's the reality right now. A lot of companies, especially Apple, is pressing for Congress to pass, let's say, privacy laws that are national. Uh, in scope. And it sounds reasonable. The problem is that with Congress never getting anything done, you can be assured (laughs) that 30 years from now, they'll still be dealing with a 30 year old privacy law that they passed today and nothing will ever get done. And the only kind of Hmm. power that consumers have had has actually been through their own states. Because when it comes to privacy, you uh, California has led the way. The reason why you have a privacy policy is thank God that California passed a law that required it. It okay. had some restrictions because otherwise the federal government does nothing whatsoever. Mm-hmm. They have followed the, some rules, some FTC stuff have followed what California has done. But there is a great deal of power in being in a state where you can pass like a contractual law and obligation and that actually impacts the entire country. It's not efficient. I can see where people say, well, you know, for a tech company, we want to have one law. We don't want to have to deal with 50. But the reality of it, it's the only sort of power that people had. Yeah. It's the only mm-hmm. thing that have changed because we're literally dealing a lot of time with laws passed in 1996 when we had CompuServe and Prodigy and yeah. we didn't have the Internet as we know it at all. There was no Internet. It was just access points to what was just connected computers. 
Yeah, the federal government is not... Thankfully, it's set up in a way that it can't change too quickly, um, so it can't make really horrible decisions. But technology has progressed so much faster than than the law that we're going to keep on seeing these problems emerge. And this is just one, one another flashpoint right. of, you know, not being able to... Um, to be updated um, correctly. Is the FTC able to pass this law or to pressure something like this um, with these well, companies? Th- well, the FTC probably will not touch that law because the FTC is really about competition in the marketplace and okay. to preventing yeah. any sort of uh, any sort of uh, false monopoly. advertisement. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah, so that'll be the monopoly with the competitive side or false advertisement and stuff like that. So they have their charter. They're not, mm-hmm. they can absolutely, they all the time, they make suggestions, they want changes in the law, but they're not, they wouldn't deal with contract law because that is really the, the purview of the state. And to do that, it's part of what, you know, possibilities that emerge as a result of the unexpected development of this kind of crowdsource mm-hmm. interest group, essentially, mm-hmm. that, okay, if this experiment can work, if we can get this done, can we then push yeah. over to can we target any of a specific states where we can work maybe through the bar associations that often build or the American bar Association that build some of the more common laws that a lot of states adopt almost uniformly mm. and then actually work to pass certain basic contract laws that would not interfere with federal rights of uh, free speech to those corporations. So it creates possibilities yeah. which are kind of dependent on how successful we are now because obviously – if we're not successful in working together toward a single yeah. aim, then the rest of it is is meaningless. Yeah. So this is kind of a proof of concept then that can go on to actually do bigger um, changes or or force the law to adapt to uh, the behavior of these giants and and the consumers. That that's what it, that's what it's ending up being. It's something it was never anticipated, obviously <laughs> originally. But it seems that and again, so far, if you. Get occasion to speak to some of these individuals. They're so impressive, you know. And uh, and and you'd be amazed at the kind of support that basically you think about. You know, maybe half are American, half are from other countries, especially Britain and Australia, mm. where they have so many of the comments and uh, and uh, calls of support coming from those states because they have their own problems, very very similar, yeah. very, the same kind of concerns about rights of free speech in Australia and the in the UK. So it's a very diverse team, but very, very impressive uh, group of people. And the question is, can we harness everybody in a single yeah. direction and get it done? Yeah. Uh, so what are some of the ways that people can get in contact with this project and support this project? Is, well, is there a name for the project? Yeah. Uh, not not yet. You know, you right get now, a name. <laughs> I, that, that's the... That's the, probably one of the biggest things because like, can you come up with even with a hashtag that then can be used as a domain name and everything else and yeah. you get enough people uh, involved. That's part of the, you learning, okay, uh-huh. who needs to have a conversation, who can make a decision, how do you exclude uh, the other 20 people from everything. So it's part mm-hmm. of it, you know, what it takes in a large organization to get something done. So I have a bunch of them that uh, – that are being proposed there. I need to go through them and talk to the people involved. But right now, if you just, people just go to youtuberlaw.com, it's where we are connecting all of the resources. Eventually, that turned into its own website. Right now, it's just a page, but it's mm-hmm. where we're connecting to the. If people want to get involved, actually, and uh, participate, a lot of it is done through a Discord that that has been okay. set up. You can reach it through YouTuber Law, and 
it's which is divided into a number of different operational groups. You know, mm. typically what happens is I get people message me on on uh, Twitter. I have a conversation with them, usually a 10, 15 minute conversation, get a sense of what they're into, what they want to be involved, how they can help, and then basically connect them with uh, the guy that manages uh, the Discord and he puts mm. them in contact with the, the groups actually working on it because everything has to be managed from this is, you know, the tasks for each kind of subgroup yeah. and what they have yeah. to accomplish and stuff like that. So. There is a process. Anybody that wants to get involved, that find it interest, we literally have we have we have uh, lawyers, we have uh, law students that want to support it. We have people that kind of in, involving in business uh, research. A lot of this mm. involves understanding the market power of the players and the the impact, the negative impact that actions can have on competition in the marketplace. Yeah. There's an IT group that's working on different tools and there's a kind of a content uh, group that works on uh, actually building the stuff that then provides it because the idea is to provide tools for people that want to be engaged so they can help even if they're not part of the group, they can actually work through the website, let's say, sending things to, to their congressmen and stuff like that. So youtuberlaw.com so that's one way participating and yeah. you know people uh, can also use that to uh to f help us fund the project because you know what i thought would be one day has now been every single day seven days oh, a geez. week for the last three it's <laughs> it's literally i've turned down so many clients with an apology that i don't believe i can even get back to you in time mm. you know mm -hmm. so uh, i have to wow. apologize but i'm hoping that this will kind of die down at some point once all the organizational thing and we can focus each yeah. person focus on what they do but right now it's it's kind of an overwhelming uh process of setting it all up but you know today just joined lily maybe you know a half an hour before we got on i'm on subscribe star never been on subscribe star you know so i'm i'm on it and then you know there are other ways to uh join can you can yeah. all everybody can learn it through youtuber law and mm -hmm. if we want to communicate send emails talk to us and see if they help. So there's lots of different ways people can uh, engage if they're interested. Is there a time frame for at least the uh, antitrust so, complaint? Uh, <clears throat> not right now, because right now, having spoken to a bunch of the attorneys, the, the, right now I'm, I'm basically finishing my outline of what the complaint mm, looks like, okay. the yeah. different sections that have to be written. And then our the job next week is actually to meet, meet and cut it up into pieces and start it out. Hmm. It's definitely not going to take as long as before. It's not going to be a, a six months or a year project. I'm hoping that this is a 90 day project that okay. can get the complaint. It's the other stuff in support of it that can take longer, which is, you know, how do we get support and people writing to the FTCs and yeah. maybe okay. some recommendations from Congress and stuff and some of, some of the uh, not for profit. So the, this is not a quick process in terms of. We, we might be able to get in 90 days the complaint submitted, but mm -hmm. this is a process that can take some time years before it's accomplished. Yeah. And and the result typically is, you know, just many million dollars uh, of settlements. All It's nothing to us. It's all to the government. The government benefits from any hmm. any of, of the, the, the resultant action. Interesting. Um, so in a way, like there's a lot of attention on this right now. And but the process to actually get anything done is going to take a lot longer than the interest in it. Um, but this is a, a rather oppressing issue. Right. This is we're talking about the reality of the internet and what it means to be a virtual citizen and how these companies that are basically the the marketplace or, or the the public square can treat the public. Um, so this right. is a pretty uh, intense and important issue going forward. Uh, so, it... I, I agree. I mean, there's it, a certain reality that 
today people are interested in a month from now they'll move on to something else but if you look at the past year and a half this is yeah. something that repeats itself over and over again so even if they don't care about what happened here in this specific situation the topic has been a hot topic for quite a while so Mm-hmm. And there's a reality that I know that interest will dip, but that's kind of my commitment. You know, it's like yeah. at the end of the day, if everybody leaves and I'm on my own again and I'm just then that's what I have to do. I have to, to submit the complaint. It's just, you know, as a group, we can do a better job yeah. and faster than me alone. So I'm kind yeah. of this. This will wear itself out after a while. But it's mm-hmm. a topic that rises up because yeah. the pattern seems to be uh, happening all the time. You know, wait a month, somebody else will be banned, and that will be the next topic. Yeah, and even if, even if um, the tech companies like hold off on like the progress, it seems like they've been progressively uh, testing who they can ban and who they can ban. They started with Laura Southern, you know, and they had video footage of her like doing something questionable. And then they went after Alex Jones this past fall and everybody's like, well, he's kind of an asshole, so who cares? And then they went after Sargon for whatever reason, that was the flashpoint where you have Ruben and Peterson and and Sam Harris all just saying, okay, hold on now. So with, with your commitment and your group actually going forward, that shows along with Peterson and Harris and, and Ruben all reacting to this, that might even just optic, optically slow down the progress of these companies from seeing who they can kick off or, or at least being I, more straightforward with how they're deciding who to kick off. I hope so, because, I mean, one, one, one thing you see historically that when the FTC is investigating you, you change your behavior. A lot of the benefits of FTC investigation, exactly. Companies are afraid. It's multi-year. It costs them enormous amount of resources. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they they literally place people in your offices for to check on what you're doing. They they have the Mm -hmm. power, the subpoena power. They don't have to go to a court. They can sign their own subpoenas asking asking you to deliver to them all your confidential emails about who you're speaking to. So Mm -hmm. it tends to stop certain behavior. So I'm hoping that that's the case, that yeah. that maybe people sit back and say, well, you know, it's not a free for all. At some point, people will actually want to do something about it. Mm-hmm. But that's I mean, I, I can't control that part. I can only control what we are trying to do. So one last question. What do you think about like an Internet Bill of Rights, like uh, something that's more consumer friendly? Right. Um, is that something think, that we need? Is it possible? I think that it depends what people mean by it because there was maybe a year ago like uh, one of those online petitions for an internet bill of rights that largely dealt with this particular topic about people's right of free speech and stuff like that i think that that will never get anywhere again you're asking congress to pass that's something that's going to be very very partisan and you're never going to uh get Mm. it passed because people are going to say well is this only a support something that conservatives want this is why would a liberal support it it but there is currently uh, a, a proposal being circulated i forgot which congressman uh, uh proposed it that is a true internet bill of rights where it has you know i think 10 different topics that he calls for a discussion this is one of the topics as well as a lot of privacy mm-hmm. issues about who owns data is it yours yeah. is it a company that uh, collects it and the idea is that there is not a specific solution. It's not a law to forbid, let's say, discrimination uh, in, online, but rather say these are the 10 topics when it comes to the Internet Bill of Rights that we need to deal with 
Yeah. Let's work through it. Maybe out of those we can agree to two and that will be progress because we'll move somewhere. Because mm-hmm. right now, when you're presenting one issue, everybody can talk about, well, that is favor of, of uh, the Democrats or it's a favor yeah. of, the, of the Republican. But if you look at all the 10, they're so diverse. Oh, just things that impact us every single day because the reality of our digital life. I think that has a chance if Congress wants to do the work, if they want to compromise, if people are willing to sit together, have a discussion and figure out, well, what is really best for the majority of the people? I don't think that's usually how Congress works. (laughs) So I like it, but I don't have a lot of hope that on its own Congress will actually do anything. Yeah, but it it, but it certainly is a conversation that we need to have and be aware of. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Well, Thanks for your time. I'm sure you're super busy. I'm going to put this out and hopefully uh, get more awareness on, on your project. Um, I really I think appreciate it's fascinating it. On uh, just exact the the topic itself is fascinating, very important. But like, what's happening with the amount of support and this emergent kind of uh, coalition of people of interested parties coming together? That that's another strong point about what the internet is capable of. And, yes. I completely agree. That's the part that I never expected. And I think, frankly, it's the most interesting part because the potential of this kind of virtual uh, organizations mm-hmm. of a lot of people of different interests, you know, there's a lot of things that are not necessarily interesting to me as a topic, but people are and the ability to gather together to actually accomplish something that's uh, that's an incredible rather than just argue about things and uh, you yeah. know send some uh, mean tweets about what we think about. <laughs> Did this kid was this kid rude to that uh, vet or not? actually accomplishing something yes. that's the potential yeah absolutely